Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at wide jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Welcome back. It's Wide Men Can't Jump, episode 110, and we're glad to be back. And joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend. And last week I said he was only worth three fourths of uh, American co host. And that is. That is wrong. That is terribly wrong. Three-fourths. That's silly. It's more like, I don't know, a little over a half at least. But ladies and gentlemen, from Canada, the Great White North, Tim Dombrowski. You <laughs> no, you don't. No, nah, I don't hate you. Well, so even if I you do, I don't really care. <laughs> I am at least, I am at least thirteen sixteenths, at least. That's fair. Somewhere in there, depending fair, on what we're talking, enough. depending on what we're talking about. But anyway, how's it going? Yeah. I'll take you at 81%. Uh, you know, living the dream. It's been, it has been a minute since we podcasted. Um, for those of you that don't know, last week we had to record a little early um, because last week was Nate's finals week for school, of which he passed every final and every class. And uh, there's no applause on here. <laughs> Who would have thunk? thunk it? Not me, truthfully. Uh, but we'll we'll say this: this this was what Nate felt like. And then That's after after it, Nate did a little bit of a oh, a little bit of the bubbly, the bubbly. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we've uh, we it, it honestly, it's been more than a week since we were able to get on here and, and do this, and I've I've missed it. I've missed you, Tim. I have. I've missed you because. <laughs> And we've only spoken like every day. Yeah, give or take. How, how bizarre! Actually, it we is. didn't. That's not that's not true because there was a day or two in there where we didn't. So yeah, well, when finals week was going on, I lived at the school, so I actually didn't even get to see my son in person for a few days. But I passed, made it through, on to bigger and better things. And uh, 
bigger and better things. Speaking of, we we've been told we got to lead the episode off with this. Um, from what we were detailed in, uh, we were told that Mr. Bogus made a trip down to uh, down to to North Carolina. So I'm just kind of I know nothing. I, I neither do I. So I'm not sure where we're going here, but we'll let uh, we'll let you be. We'll let you guys fill it in because we don't know. Uh, so let's check it out, shall we? Good evening, everyone. I'm Cecil B. Buxnart, and of course, as you all know, at this time of year during the holidays, during the Christmas season. There's always someone who, well, stands out above the rest. Going that extra mile to make sure that somewhere someone has a wonderful and joyful Christmas. And this year, of course, no different. Um, This man, a great patriot. um, (laughs) Without him, the world would be a worse place. And once again, he proved that celebrities are not all stuck-up snobs. As he... Uh, is well known, of course, for his uh, philanthropy and uh, his uh, record-breaking efforts for the Make-A-Wish kids. And uh, this year, no different is, of course, you all know who I refer to. Of course, it's uh, Ed, the uh, Shinston Sinkhole Bogus. As he, uh, well, he, he, uh, he didn't tell us, but... uh, uh, Tom Robinson, of course, uh, he he broke the story for us as he was along uh, during this uh, mission. Um, as uh, Ed had received in the mail uh, a missive, uh, a letter, if you will, from a young girl from uh, West Virginia. Uh, we'll call her Angie. Oh, no. Uh, she had written Ed uh, and uh, wanted Ed to, uh, well... Let's just get right down to it. She was sad because her favorite university, uh, Duke University, well, falling on hard times, beaten by some <laughs> little school named Stevie. Uh, so she wanted Ed to go and see if he could save Duke University, and Ed Boggs, being the man he is, accepted that challenge. And he, along with uh, head elf Tom Robinson, went to do. <laughs> well, and this is what happened. This is the story. Uh, head elf. <laughs> basically, what it boils down to is uh, Duke needed to be saved. And the only way Ed Boggs knew how he could save Duke was, well, to merge them and... Uh, the University of Notre Dame into one big powerhouse. Oh no! Notre Duke, NDU, <laughs> oh, and finally, long-suffering fans of Notre Dame and long-suffering fans of Duke would have a school that was good at football and at basketball. <laughs> so Ed took it upon himself uh, to travel to Duke under the disguise of uh, uh, checking out their concession stands. Uh, and we can talk about that a little bit, I guess. Uh, of course, uh, you know, maybe just a little bit of uh, history. 
by Duke University. Um, did you know that, uh, and I have this from uh, Tom Robinson, uh, who, by the way, was very excited to go to Duke, uh, uh, because, of course, he has a lot in common with uh, Duke University. Uh, he loves uh, John Wayne, and uh, he also uh, <laughs> is the uh, self-proclaimed Duke Adelco uh, <laughs> on the passing of baby folks. Uh, so there is that. Um, he did have a few questions. Uh, of course, he wanted to know uh, why is it called Cameron Indoor Arena? Um, is that just directions for the for the Duke Dummies? I mean, the Cameron Crazies. <laughs> no. Is there a Cameron Outdoor Arena, or is this just superfluous? Superfluous. Oh, Cecil, you can't say the word. Uh, is this just like uh, what's the word? Iron irony? Is that, am I using that properly? I don't know. It's Christmas time, and I've been in the nog. Anyhow, um, <laughs> so of course Ed went there under the the, the guise that he was uh, there to check out the concession, and of course Duke, uh, being Duke, uh, first uh, you know up on the menu was the Coach Shashevsky surprise. Mm. Uh, which is a stew made from uh, the finest Wagyu beef. We got the carrots, onions, potatoes, celery, mushrooms, all kinds of spices. Uh, supposedly a great thing, but uh, Ed was forced to tell me he came up a little flat. Um, <laughs> not unlike that Duke squad made up of top ten recruits that couldn't get past the Sweet 16. Oh. Um, of course, they then applied him with the... Uh, Grayson Allen hot wings, which, uh, of course, are tremendously spicy. You almost feel like someone swept your legs out from underneath you when you're eating them. Thumbs up for Ed Boggs. Um, they then had the, uh, for the main course, they had the uh, Cory McGetty spaghetti. Uh, uh, if this would have been a real concession stand uh, evaluation, um... Ed don't know if he would have counted it because rumor had it it was uh, paid for by a booster. <laughs> well, then to finish up, they had a quick uh, shot of the uh, Christian Leitner latte. Uh, apparently, uh, you got to drink it really quick because it don't age well. Um, Ooh. And then, of course, uh, to finish up, in the finest of Duke, Duke traditions, you got the Carlos Boozer bourbon. Uh uh, it was a great disappointment, apparently. Uh, apparently, it was weaker than a Duke uh, basketball regular season schedule. Ouch. And, of course, uh, Ed and TR, neither one of them were brave enough to try the uh, entries uh, by uh, Bobby Hurley or Ed Koffenberger. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, uh, just a note, uh, uh I was shocked to find out that uh, Duke University, uh, that Richard Nixon was a graduate of Duke. Um, in fact, I believe they uh, they model their coaching uh, regimen after uh, Mr. Nixon. Also, uh, Elizabeth Dole <laughs> was also a graduate of uh, Duke University. Um, you know, uh, she's the one, I think, responsible for turning... Uh, Bob Dole into a walking mummy. Uh, but anyway. God. So, uh, 
as it turns out, did you know that uh, every time you hear a cash register, that is a miracle on Cameron Street? When you hear that noise, uh, Duke gets a number one ranking. Isn't that crazy? I don't know what it has to do with money, but apparently it does. So anyway, Ed Boggess on a fact-finding mission to Duke University. Uh, apparently, uh, Ed is uh, scheduled to talk to the Pope on uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, the papers will be filed turning uh, Duke and Notre Dame into Notre Duke University. And will probably become the first team, or school, excuse me, school, to become ranked number one simultaneously at football and at basketball, and yet fail to win either championship. <laughs> so there's there there you go, and hopefully that made a little red-haired girl in West Virginia feel good, <laughs> happy to know that someone somewhere cares about her beloved Bluke. Bluke. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what they should call them, the Notre Duke Blukes. <laughs> yeah, that works for me. Bunch of losers. Zion Williamson. <laughs> Couldn't even play a game in the NBA yet. Turd. Anyhow, this is uh, me, Cecil B. Buxnart, signing off uh, as part of the Wide Man Can't Jump Christmas extravaganza. Y'all have a good day now. And remember, it's more important to receive than to give. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I screwed that up. Nate, did I get that wrong? Yes. It's better to uh, receive than to give. Isn't that how it goes? No? Actually, I, I like oh, that. Oh, God part. damn. I'm sorry. Well, can we edit that out? By the way, did you get that uh, toque uh, knitted for Nick and Danielle Hoff? That one that says uh, his and her hoses on it? That, that's finished? Oh, excellent. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, anyway, good night, everyone, and uh, we'll see you real soon. Well, there you go. Breathtaking report from Cecil. Notre Duke, eh? I mean, I'm you know I'm thinking if I'm a fan of either of them schools, I think I'm I think I'm all about this. I think he's onto something. Well, I mean, they don't have to hate each other anymore. True. Gonna probably have to do something about that blue devil thing, though. That's probably gonna have to go. Yeah, maybe have to turn it into like a, a blue cardinal or something like exactly, that. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what a blue is either. Well, you know. Blue, and, but when I say cardinal, I don't mean a bird. But either way, <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed that was a given. But maybe not. well, maybe sometimes not. you got to spell it out so. a little bit. <laughs> maybe not. So. Sometimes you got to spell that, it out. Well, so regardless, I hope that, that whoever that is, that that little red-haired girl is feeling good right now. Well, I'll tell you this. If you want to look for the Blue Cardinal, you need to head for stripcamfun.com where you can type that into the search bar and who knows what might come up. Check them out at stripcamfun.com. Let's check it out. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On Strip Cam Fun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. 
just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because stripcamfun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Again, thanks to our great sponsors at stripcamfun.com where um, I went over and typed in Blue Cardinal and Oh my goodness, you're not going to believe it. The only way to find out is to head to stripcamfund.com and uh, search Blue Cardinal, see what happens. But anyway, let's talk. Should have probably searched uh, Purple-Headed Cardinal. Oh no, I've been down that dark road. (laughs) Bringing in our guest uh, this time, Tom Robinson. Just kidding. (laughs) Tom? No. (laughs) <laughs> My coat of many colors. Oh god. <laughs> All right, how about some basketball people? How about how some about, basketball? How about let's some uh basketball. Let's talk. Let's let's go ahead and get a little bit of news out of the gates here for some basketball. Let's uh Did let you me... oh, did you get the breaking news, Nate? Uh what's the breaking did, news? Serious breaking news? I, what's the breaking news? Are you, are you going to play the intro? Sure. Here we go. Okay. This just in. Shaquille O'Neal still retired. No, just kidding. That's not the breaking news. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, uh, Mark Gasol from the Raptors has uh, left the game versus the Pistons tonight with a hamstring injury. Mm. Well, that's not good. Which is a bit of a smack to the uh, to the uh, Raptors. One would oh, absolutely. Assume. One would assume, anyway. So there you yeah. go, breaking news. That is breaking news. Uh, some more breaking news that came out last week. The Lakers waived Zach Norvell Jr. and signed Devontae Kakak. Is that what I'm looking at? <laughs> I thought you were going to say they waived Norvell Jr. and signed Norvell Sr. and I was going to start laughing. <laughs> no, it's Devontae no Kakok to a two-way deal. So that's some, some news that's happened. Um, I've never heard of the gentleman. Um, well, he uses his left and right turn indicators, but either oh, way. Well, I said gentleman, so. Yeah. Uh, Iman Shumpert has been waived. No longer a Brooklyn Net. Shumpert now off and is a free agent. So Shumpert is now available out there. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers have applied for a disabled player exception worth $2.85 million to replace Rodney hood, Rodney hood done for the year. And that's a big blow to the blazers. Uh, yep. Hood's, uh, they just re-signed him after the season he had last year and Portland, they've, they've improved some, but 
Rodney Hood was a nice piece of that offense. He was averaging 11 points per game. But the big thing was, Tim, he was shooting almost 50% from three. So that's a guy. Jesus. Yeah, he was shooting very well. And uh, a Um, career percentage of 37%, which is nothing to laugh at. But so losing Hood, not good. What was that guy from the Lakers? What was his name again? Um, the guy they signed or the guy they cut? The guy they signed. Devontae Kakuk. C-A-C-O-K. So, okay, so now try that with Caldwell Pope's first name. Contavious Kakuk? <laughs> I like it. Well, okay. Maybe, maybe somebody <laughs> should introduce those two. Oh, man. Uh, I actually watched, uh, I found an interesting article from the Philadelphia Athletic. This is a a very interesting piece that was put out, in case you want to check it out. It's on the Athletic page under Philly. Ben Simmons' turnover percentage continues to rise every season so far. It's up to 20.7% this year. Apparently... Uh, Mike O'Connor rewatched every Simmons turnover from this past season and saw that many violate a basic tenet of the game. Don't leave your feet without a plan. So this guy watched every Ben Simmons turnover from the past season and realized most of them um, are involved with him jumping, leaving his feet, and not having a plan and trying to make it up. And that simply leads to turnover. So I thought that was kind of an interesting fact uh, about Ben Simmons. What do you think about that, Tim? How interesting was it? Right. I found it rather interesting. I mean, are we trying to suggest that Ben Simmons doesn't think well on his feet? Apparently. But, I mean, he's not going for shots when he leaves his feet, clearly. Okay, well, isn't he, okay but isn't he a good defender, supposedly? Um, no, not bad. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a defensive player of the year or anything, but, yeah, he's a pretty decent defender All right, for the so most he, part. So he, okay, so, I don't know. Somehow that doesn't make sense to me. I'm talking I mean, about him turning the ball over. I know. I mean, are we suggesting that Ben Simmons has another gap in his game? Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? Yeah, clearly. That, I mean, his... that $172 million franchise tag player who's the greatest player who ever lived, can he do – speaking of which, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here, but can he Go do ahead. what we saw Mr. Fultz do the other night? Uh, you know, I don't know, but Markel Fultz, we saw – um, and, and we've picked on Markel Fultz quite a bit here on this show. We won't I'll be, be the first to say if he keeps doing that, we, we'll be stopping right shortly. <laughs> he had a dunk that absolutely make you come out of your seat the other night. Um, man, oh, I mean, man, I he think, just drew. It was beautiful. I could feel Tom Robinson shake when it happened. <laughs> well, would yeah. you, you know, and, and Mark Hill Foltz now, he's not setting the world on fire or anything, but from a guy that we thought was done. I mean, we thought oh, this he, guy – we was were wrong about done. That. He's not done. We were wrong there. He is right yeah. now averaging 11.7 points per game, 4.2 assists, 1.2 steals, and he's scoring on 47.5% of 
of his takes. In how many minutes? What's his? Um, I don't know his minutes average. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Um, give me just a I don't second. Think, I, I don't think it. he's. I don't think he's playing huge minutes. I don't think. I mean, he may not be, but even so, that's... Well, no, no, but then, well, no, that makes it all the better if he isn't, is what I'm getting at. Like, this this guy has really turned it on, and here we thought he was done. Let's see here. Um, For this year, he's averaging about 25 minutes per game, almost 26 minutes a game. Okay, so... Decent minutes. Nothing wrong with that, no? No, not at all. He's playing about two full quarters. Um, his rookie year, he was at 18 minutes. His, uh, second year, he was at 22 and a half and he only played 14 games his rookie year. He only played 19 games last year. He's already played, uh, 26, 26 games and he started 21 of those games. So he's already up in the game started minutes. He's doing well there and he's averaging yeah, double digit points for the first time in his career. Maybe and he's averaging, um, over he's averaging over one steal a game, the most assists he's averaged in a in his career so far. Granted, it's only been three seasons and they were kind of injury plagued, but he's getting to the line a little more. His free throw, his field goal percentage is on the rise. So uh, Markel Fultz, man, I'm, he's he's made me a little bit of a believer. I mean, I'm not going to say he's worth a number one pick, but I mean the dude's showing he can play. And how's his team doing? Right now, eighth in the East. Okay, which was no better or really worse than anyone really expected, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's about where they were last year, seventh or eighth. And the East has gotten a lot better this year. So um, I'll, I'll give them that. Let me see. Let me get to their record here. The record for the Orlando Magic, 12 and 15 right now. They are eight and six at home, so they, they do well at home. Four and nine on the road, five and five of their last ten. They play. I think they play tonight. Yes, they play the Nuggets tonight. Uh, as you're listening, but and they lost last night to the Jazz in Utah, one hundred nine to one hundred two. So, but I mean, Markel Fultz has really stepped up, and I think he's done quite well. I can't sit here mm-hmm. and, and say the guy's not doing doing good. This season, yeah, uh, I said I, I'm quite willing to. I thought he, I mean, we made like you said, made a lot of fun of him. He was the brunt of a lot of uh, hands over the shoulders jokes. Um, well, he got the shoulders up on that but, dunk. But My I also, goodness, I, I also have to say though that I I haven't heard a word about his handler, which is what we always were hearing mm-hmm. previous to this year. So maybe somebody's gotten. A little older, a little wiser over there, hopefully. And um... well, it's kind of what we discussed last week with, with Philip Rossman Reich. Um, this is a, a good thing for Fultz to kind of get him out of the spotlight, get him uh, away from all that. So, I think that's yeah, from, uh, from the toxicity of the Delco crowd. <laughs> well, Philly's a rough sports crowd. It, it's a rough sports yeah, crowd. Yeah, and they'll be the first to tell you. So, yeah, and they will. They'll tell you, hey, this is not the place to be if you want to, you know, if, if you're coming here. So, uh, so I don't know. Yeah, good for Markel. That's all. That's, yeah. that's all. Yep, good for him. Um, can't argue with uh, if he beats the odds and becomes even a serviceable bench player. 
that's a win for him, I think. Yeah, I agree. I will. I'll definitely agree with that. Um, let's look at some more news here. I'm going to get my notes back up. Uh, while I'm getting to my notes, Tim, um, there's been a lot of talk recently about, you know, the load management situation. We're going to get into that in a little while because that's something I really want to talk about. And there was some comments, and we we have we've even had comments made on our Wide Men Can't Jump Facebook group that I want to talk about and and people sharing their stating their claims and what they believe, which is fine. Um, it, it's good to hear. So let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I do want to to give uh, give some more notes here going on. Um, did you see Jimmy Butler last week? Missing the game-tying three-point shot against the Lakers. Did you see that? And, and and could you hear that the moment after he missed, where he audibly, clearly and audibly said, uh, it wasn't my fault? Yeah, of course. It wasn't his fault. It was somebody's <laughs> fault. It wasn't his. Uh, I would have made that shot to... if guys would be practicing harder during practice. Yeah, if their work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we don't. Jimmy Butler has become this year's Markel Fultz. Um, Jimmy Butler's an ass. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's an ass, and I'm, and I'm done with him. He's a very outspoken guy, and like to be honest, like most very outspoken people, he's only right about half the time. So if that, so yeah. Um, I mean, I'll give him that. The whole. The whole work thing. I just get so sick of hearing him. I really do. I get so sick of hearing the guy. Uh, I'm fed up with him. And, uh, yeah, most of you all probably know that. But it is what it is. But during that ball game, I will say this. Um, the refs missed a really bad call late in the game. It was a three-point game with just over a minute left. And Danny Green goes to pass the ball to LeBron James. And throws a little short and then he starts dribbling it again after he put two hands on it a clear double dribble and no, refs Nate. did not blow the whistle now Nate, you've got you've got to get into time into the you know it, that's they don't call that stuff in today's game the game is no evolved, just untucked Nate. jerseys yeah the game has evolved past these petty infractions Nate. yeah yeah just just we, <laughs> we the untucked jerseys we're calling uh, but we're not calling that. We're not talking. We're not calling walks. So uh, yeah, the only way that gets called is if Chris Paul's there to point it out. Yeah, it never and, fails uh, to amaze me how rules are rules. But not, not for the stars. Yeah, but they aren't now or in this situation, or I, I don't know. Like you either got to call it all or none of it, and they can never seem to find. Uh, I mean, they're never going to keep everybody happy either. I mean, that's a pipe dream also, but. Consistency. Consistency. Well, well we yes, asked it's, for. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, I hate to rag on that whole Jersey thing, but when that, I mean, did, did any, I wonder, I never did read. I mean, did anybody ever look up to see when the last time that actually resulted in a foul shot? I didn't because I didn't want to throw up. Um, you know, 
I didn't even see, except for the one that they had called earlier in that game, I hadn't even heard of anybody calling it previously. I, I didn't know um, it was a rule. I mean, it's probably happened, but that just tells you that the frequency of that it happens is so minuscule that it's not even on anybody's radar. And then suddenly, well, a rule is a rule. All right, but how about... And I'm okay with that if we're enforcing some of the most basic rules of basketball, uh, i.e. traveling, i.e. flopping, which they never... If ever, they don't, and they very, never do. rarely call. And yet somehow the integrity of the game is, you know, well, we had to call it because, you know, it is a rule. Yeah, except for the 372 traveling violations you haven't called in this game. Yeah, I don't and know every they, time James Harden, and all the flops James Harden does. I mean, I don't know why they just don't change. Wouldn't it just be easier to change the rule to four steps? Well, if you do that, then you'd, have, then you'd have guys then taking, taking five. But, I mean, but that's what they give. Well, or, well how about no steps? <laughs> Rugby. Well, I mean, again, it's one of those, things like, yeah, it's a rule. Well... I'll tell you this. You know what's a rule? Carrying. And every single person that dribbles in the NBA carries the ball. Based on the rule, when it was made, when it came out, every single person carries. When I was in in high school back in the day, they used to call that palming. Yeah, palming, carrying. You know, where you would would push down on the ball and then on on the return up, you would get underneath the ball with your hand. And And that's a rule. You can't do that. Okay, well then, I mean, but that's easily modified. Change a rule, take yeah. the rule out there. Oh, we can't, we can't mess with the rules. Well, why not? You don't call them. What's why is it <laughs> exactly, there? exactly. You know? I mean, you got purists versus. I mean, I understand like the traveling thing. I, I think maybe sometimes it doesn't get called because the speed of the game has changed to where it is sometimes hard to tell whether a guy's taken two, three, six. And some of those guys are so athletic that it becomes difficult, you know, in the moment. Like, I mean, we were talking, I was talking about this earlier with the other half about, um, you know, referees. And I think I've, I mentioned it to you earlier too, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. you know, that, that, that at, at real speed, you know, we all like to criticize officiating, but if they gave you a whistle and sent you out there, you'd find out that that job is not easy. And I would hate to have to be uh, trying to watch what's even there's what three officials in basketball, right? Yeah, three. Okay, but even even with three, to have to watch uh, how many steps is he taking? Is he is he dribbling? Is he doing this? Is there you know somebody setting the pick? Is there illegal defense? Blah 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 occasionally, like in the next game, maybe that's not that difficult, but in some other games, it's probably a lot harder. And you get guys like LeBron and Giannis and guys like that who can do what they can do. You know, three, three and a half steps, maybe you miss a few of those. But it's the blatant ones that I'd like to see them. Like when LeBron walks down the court with a ball in his hands without dribbling. I mean... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I well, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I can't argue that because I mean, how as much as I will be on the side of the officials for missing calls in the heat of the moment, that wasn't the heat of the moment. Nothing else was going on. There was nobody near him. How can you not call that? 
Yeah, it's it's silly. And I mean, and reach- we and, and and you know what? Of course, because it happened to my team, I've been really like, I've been really angry about it for the past, and I'm still mad about it because we haven't won a damn game. <laughs> Seven in a row, and uh, I mean we could so get I'm into that a little. Light, but. I'm getting a little pippy about it. Okay, we've run a seven they, game losing streak. They talk um, about uh, get wanting to get every you know. Well, we we have replay and all these things because we just want to get things right. Okay, you all saw that. That was a blatant, a rule breaking. Couldn't be any clearer. Couldn't get it right. I agree. I mean, they call that in in high school. They call that in you know, middle school, buddy league. I mean, they call it everywhere. And I if mean, anybody I hears that noise, that is the fan over top of my head that I didn't know existed until it kicked on just a minute ago. I mean, I mean and to be honest, I mean the NBA is. I mean, to me, of the of the of the sports, they're the, their officials are the ones who take the least amount of guff from the players. They, you don't see too many guys getting in too many officials' faces in the NBA. Every once in a while, it happens, but but not very often. And I don't know. It's almost like you don't know either. I mean, is the league pushing for this nonsense? We like but we like we like we like points. We like offense. Don't call them I mean, it's a possibility, but I think, I think the league is also it's it's getting so out of hand that the league is trying to, to, to kind of reel it back in just a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I read yeah, a story I'm, yesterday, uh, and I can't remember where. I think it might have been on the Athletic. About, uh, I mean, it was a little bit nutty, but maybe not entirely nutty. That somebody's talking about pushing the three point line back. Because yeah, I mean. I've heard that they're a lot getting, too. They're getting too good at it, and it's. I mean, it used to be that you were kind of, you know, high risk, high reward kind of situation, and because there was a, maybe you know each team had one guy that could kind of do it with some kind of regularity. Now, yeah, you. Know, I mean, it's getting crazy, and it's teams aren't trying to do anything else. <laughs> they're just. Lobbing them yeah. up and, and hoping well, that that's more that, that that goes back to the the dynamics of, of you know the best shots to take long mid range game is kind of dying a little bit. Um, well, and nobody like does. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard though thrives on it. Nobody, if you ever pay attention to Kawhi Leonard, he'll get you forty five points and he won't shoot a three. He'll stand there and, and shoot you know mid range mid range shots and he doesn't dunk much either. No, he's a mid-range guy. He's got that little mid-range jumper. He nails it. He can knock down a three. He can get to the rim and lay it up. He gets to the free throw line. That's how he beats you. But um, speaking of, let me bring this up since we're on the subject of like the the analytics. Uh, you know our guy, our guy, um, the uh, Jacob Goldstein, the the inventor oh, of yeah. the player in the player yeah, impact Malcolm. plus minus. That mathematical wizard. Yes, and uh, I'm hoping to have Jacob back on soon. I love this stat. I am a huge, huge fan of this stat. The player impact plus minus. Um, 2018-2019, Giannis uh, led the NBA with a player impact plus minus value of plus 7.7. 
And then he had excellent B-ball index talent grades. This year, Giannis has an even better league-leading player impact plus-minus at plus 8.6, and his talent grades are unreal. Take a listen, take a, a listen to some of these stats, okay? Perimeter shooting, C-minus last year. This year, B. Off-ball movement, B last year. This year, A. Actually, let me just save it here. One-on-one finishing, roll gravity, playmaking, post-play, perimeter defense, interior defense, offensive and defensive rebounding, every stat he has is in the A's. And I'm talking just astounding. The worst stat he has is his perimeter shooting, and that's improved significantly. Well, did you see that um, on the same vein that uh... – uh, by the way, Jacob is, uh, we should call him what he is, uh, not a mathematical genius, but a, a savant. He is a, he is a data scientist, is what he is. Yes, he is. All right. I, I see he has some stats up. Uh, you can go look him up on uh, Twitter at uh, Jacob E. Goldstein. If you're Christine, I'm not sure if I got that wrong. I apologize. But anyway, um, they've been making, making picks on a podcast. Um, he, is eight, he is 60% on the over under. Nice, in, which is pretty, which is pretty good. And then on all the bets he has made, he is at seventy-five percent. Nice. So you, hey, you man, know, I thought you I did well in picking teams. You, you cannot argue with the numbers there. No, you can't. That is, you cannot. That is some. That is some pretty impressive. It's him and two other guys. Um, the other guys are at 43 and 57 on the over under. So he's, he's winning that, but not a lot. Uh, but he's like 10% ahead and 30% ahead of the other guy in the betting straight up betting. So Jacob, Jacob, are you lying in your pockets? Are you making a, <laughs> Hey, if you can get away with it, why not? Right. Oh, I, mean, I don't hold it against him. If he's, if he's I hold it against done, no one, no, I mean, uh, we, I mean, we know, firsthand that that's just it's not easy speaking of 75 percent wow yeah i mean he's doing 75 percent i do my daily nba picks i'm at 52 percent so yeah well i was i was so good at the hockey i just stopped <laughs> well mine's <laughs> against the spread so <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen that was a lie. There, I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> I didn't. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Well, that that right there is very applicable to what's going on right now. But yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, with trials around the corner for a lot of people, if you needed help, call Stephen P. New Law Offices at newlawoffice.com. Uh, sorry, Washington, he's not helping you. But, yeah, check it out, newlawoffice.com, our great sponsor, we, great law offices of Stephen P. New. Can we sing it before you hit the – Go ahead. Stephen P. New, Stephen P. New, Stephen P. New, Stephen <laughs> P. New. Play it. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled – at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 
304-362-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. That's right, Stephen P. New Law Offices. Check them out, newlawoffice.com. Get even with Stephen. New is for you. Check them out. Happy birthday, We love you, Steve New. And we hope to have an interview with Steve New coming up real soon. Hopefully next week we can get on that after the holidays. Because he's, because he's a year older and wiser now. He is indeed. Happy birthday, Stephen Happy, P. New. Yeah, most definitely. Up from uh, Greetings from the Great White North. <laughs> Steve is the man. All right, let's get back to uh, some more news and notes. The NBA has announced they're launching a G League team in Mexico starting in 2020-2021. So that's some interesting news. 2020-2021, do you stutter much? Well, you know. <laughs> you were right, but it sounds ridiculous. It does sound crazy, but uh, yeah, twenty the year 2020 and 2021. I believe that they have named Armando Martinez as their athletic therapist. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Uh, we love you, Armando. And, 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 and his mama is going to be the team chef. I tell you what, me and him were talking about uh, food earlier. You know me, I can talk food now. Uh, you can anyway. do more than talk it. I can talk talk and walk the walk. As is but as just, is evidenced by your uh, what was it Kroger's hot wings bowl, and my <laughs> Amazon.ca dry toast bowl. There you saw the differences there. Yeah, well, well let, let's talk about that real real quick for a second. I found a thing <laughs> online because this was too much fun, um, at least to me. I had a good time with this, and a lot of people really had a good time. Um, Apparently, you create your own bowl game. You talk about the it's the last place you shopped plus the last thing you ate, followed by the word bowl. Uh, I'll read you mine and Tim's, and then we'll give you some good ones. There's been a few good ones. Uh, Tim's was the Amazon.ca dry toast bowl. I mine was lie. the No, you can't. Mine was the Kroger's wings bowl. Uh, here's, here's some more. The Walmart boneless wings bowl. This was a good one. The Amazon Fudge Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like yeah. That That's a good one. Uh, our man Tex Johnson. Uh, what's up, Tex? Hope you're doing okay, brother. The Belk Meatball Sub Bowl was his. <laughs> I kind of like okay, that one, for, too. For those of us in Canada, what's a Belk? Exactly is that? I'm, I'm from West Virginia, and I'm not 100%. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, where, Texas from where? South, South Carolina? South Carolina. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I I've heard of the Belk Bowl before, but I don't know what a Belk is. I look that up. Better yeah, look that up, and I'll read some more of these off. Uh, let's see here. The Target Four for Four Bowl. Somebody went to Wendy's. The Sheets Turkey Sandwich Bowl. The Walmart Prime Rib Bowl. That one was from Casey King. Uh, shout out to Casey King. He's great. Huge Suns fan. Um, so we don't like him very much. No, I'm kidding. We like Casey. Um, my sister threw out the Victoria's Secret Taco Bell Bowl. 
Let's see here. The Burke's Outlet Fried Apple Bowl. Can we the get, Dollar uh, G- uh, yeah, is it ahead. possible that, that we get a photo proof of that last one? No. The Dollar General <laughs> Cheeseburger Bowl. <laughs> that took you a minute. Anyway. The, no, uh, no, it was a dramatic pause. The Kroger's oh. Little Caesars Pepperoni Thin Crust Bowl. The Coles Enchilada Bake Bowl. The Dollar Tree Hamburger Bowl. But, ladies and gentlemen, the winner. The all-time winner in, in this. The Drug Emporium Handful of Shredded Sharp Cheddar Cheese Bowl. I think that's the win. <laughs> who's re- so who's responsible for that? Andrew Jones, a uh, guy I know yeah. from around the Charleston area. So uh, that's, um, that one That one tickled we're, me. We're going to have to talk to Tex because what what was his again? The Belk what bowl? Um, I don't recall. Hold on, i got to pull it back up here. Uh, I knew it was the Belk uh, Meatball Sub Bowl. That was it. The, the Belk okay, Meatball because, Sub Bowl. Um, the, the Belk is a department store, apparently. But it says they sell clothing, footwear, bedding, furniture, jewelry, beauty products, and housewares. Hmm. Sounds like um, a great place. Sounds to like get this a uh, department store. <laughs> great place to pick up a sub. But I guess you get it in <laughs> gas stations. So uh, if it was in a mall, you could go to the food court. But well, uh, they they could have easily had some kind of cooler by the checkout or whatever with subs. I know that's not that strange, really. And uh, it is what it is. But uh. Anyway, back to uh, back to a little aside there with bowl season coming well, up. Oh, we, okay. we do want to go ahead and plug since bowl season yeah, is coming I was gonna up. Yeah, going to say, uh, carry on. Tomorrow that, night, yeah. late tomorrow night, we'll be dropping the uh, the college football bowl prediction show with myself, with, Tim, and uh, our and good special, buddy Jeff. No, special guest oh. J.R. Ewing. Okay, J.R. Ewing, as you call him. As we're calling him from now on. <laughs> He'll be joining us, and we'll be making picks, predictions, and laughing at some of the bowl names. There's some good ones. Uh, you know year, that so. uh, that that makes you Bobby Ewing, and that makes me the patriarch of Jock Ewing. I'm Bobby Ewing. You'd have to be. I guess that's okay, Dad. Anyway, <laughs> not, Bobby, not Bobby Hill, you dunce. Does it come um, with a hat? <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. We can work um, yeah, we More news and notes. Jazz guard Mike Conley Jr. is expected to miss multiple games. He's re-aggravated his left hamstring and could miss a few weeks of action. Um, so, yeah, that could hurt the Jazz, Tim. Your Jazz, um, not doing the greatest so far. Doing well, no. but let's not, I'm not going to say that they're blowing me away here. This season no, so been, far, uh, they've had a few issues. Uh, no two ways around it. Uh, although they're what they've won three in a row, and one of them over your Minnesota Timberwolves. So um, right, don't get me started on them. But uh, um, you, you Towns thought, is actually oh. out tonight as well. Towns yeah. not playing tonight as the Wolves are playing the Pelicans and currently trail by nine. Utah's, pro- Utah's problem is is they're beating the teams they should beat, and they haven't been able to beat anybody that they shouldn't, hence 16 and 11, which is not horrific, but it's not. No, definitely not. It's not It's not great either, but that's why. I mean, they, they're beating the Magic and the Golden State and 
no offense, Minnesota. They beat Memphis, but they can't beat the like the Lakers, the Raptors, the Seventy Sixers. Couldn't beat a, couldn't beat any of them. You know, not even come close against Milwaukee there a couple of weeks back, but uh, yeah, yeah, Milwaukee's uh, eighteen game winning streak was snapped by the Mavericks. That's a that's an insane win streak though. Eighteen straight wins. That's uh that is a uh, pretty damn impressive. So I got to give it to the Bucks on that one. You can't, All right. can't make fun of it. That's for sure. No, uh, the New York Knicks get ready for a laugh here. They've hired former Cavaliers coach David Blatt as a basketball operations consultant. Blatt retired from coaching after 26 seasons to take the Knicks front office position. He's strong relationship with the Knicks executive Steve Mills and Craig Robinson. So the Knicks have hired David Blatt to be a part of their front office. I wonder if that means that the ax will soon fall on their general manager. Um, I would assume. I assume pretty much everybody's going to be gone. I I can't see how they can't. I mean, I just don't know what else they can do except pretend that they somehow that that's that that's not the problem there. Which I guess they could continue to do, I suppose, but. I mean, they've got a lot of issues, for real. I mean, they, oh, that, that, we've we've that touched on the Knicks several times, and they've just got so many issues. Yeah, I said I don't. There's there's no there's no simple solution there, and there's certainly it's not as easy as oh, I will just uh, we just need a new coach in here. That'll take care of it. it They're you know, also they, open to trading Julius Randle already from uh, reports. So things is, kind of stuff that they got to stop doing. Quit trading away. Stop trading away guys that are half decent to get aging old veterans who aren't going to help you anymore or not for very long. The only thing I can hear them doing that makes sense to me is them trading Julius Randle for a couple draft picks or some expiring contracts. They've got a lot of expiring deals coming next year, but Randall was the only guy they signed past next year long-term that wasn't one of their rookies. So them signing Randall and trading him right now seems a little silly to me. I don't know why you would do it. Uh, Randall's having a pretty pretty decent year for them, I thought. Um, let me find his, his numbers here. I don't he have the notes there. in front of me. I'm going to say he but, would be their br- bright spot if you can even say they've had one. Um, 17.4 points per game to go along with eight rebounds. I mean, that's... Not bad, not bad at all from Julius Randle. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see why trading him would be good. I mean, R.J. Barrett the other night had a good game. He had 27 against the Hawks, and they put up 143. Mitchell Robinson has done well for them. He's up over 10 points a game now to go with seven rebounds and two blocks been, a game. Uh, he had 22 and 13. He's been playing limited minutes too, so his stats not that he has. not that um, shabby on what he's. No, definitely not. I mean, there's. I mean, am I wrong on this? This is a stat. I'm. I'm I don't really know what the numbers should be, but is it odd that the Knicks only have three guys above thirty minutes average per game? No, I'm not going to say it's bad. Well, not necessarily bad, but it, but does that not say something to the fact that they their starting five is not that much of a starting five? Because obviously, other guys are getting bench players are getting as much 
uh, court time as the starters are getting. Well, I mean, it's one of those. It's one of those like for, things. Like for instance, okay, they've got uh, what? Uh, Morris is at thirty-two minutes. Randall's at thirty-one. Barrett's at thirty-two. Mitch Robinson's only at twenty-two. Bobby Portis is at twenty-one. Then as you go down the list, there, there's guys way down the list that aren't, you know, Frank. I don't even know how to say that. Tilakina? Frank Nidakalina. Sure. Nidakalina. All right. You know, but he's playing 24 minutes and getting six points. Um, like that to me says something that guys are not really getting it done. And they're not. Honestly, they're not for that team. But but then again, anyway. those guys those guys are low. I mean, let's be honest. They don't have a. I I don't I'm not throwing any shade at Julius Randle or Marcus Morris or the up and coming R.J. Barrett, but they have no superstar on this team. Not a one. Yeah, I mean they got up and comers, but they don't have a superstar. Um, and you ain't gonna win without one because everybody no, else not. is just a, all the good teams have got one, if not two, if not three. Yeah, sometimes four or five. Look yeah, at depends. you, the old Warriors. But uh, yeah, anyway. depend, depending, yeah. Uh, Eric Bledsoe will be sidelined for two weeks with a right fibula evulsion fracture. And if you can tell me what that is, you get a cookie. Um, I, yeah, thought Eric were, Bled- I thought you were going to say it was sidelined for a lack of talent. <laughs> Bledsoe's a good player. I don't know. I didn't know. I, I mean, he played at Kentucky, oh, but well. I mean. Yeah, well, we can we can and will hold that against them. <laughs> I can't hold it too much. My favorite player in the league played at Kentucky, so, you know. Anyway. All right, Luka Doncic might be able to return within a couple of weeks. He suffered a moderate right ankle sprain. Uh, he will likely miss the upcoming stretch against the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, and Raptors this week. Uh, but the Mavericks feel like he's going to be back, and they dodged a bullet. So, Luka Doncic injured, but not out a long time. So, that's good news, really, for the Mavericks with Luka being out. That they didn't lose him for long term, I mean. So, I hate to hear Um, Luka getting hurt, especially for the fantasy basketball team. Yeah, I don't want to see that. No, definitely not. Uh, Deion Waiters has been suspended again for failure to adhere to team policies, violation of team rules, and continued insubordination. He can return after the Heat's game on December the 23rd. Man, Deion Waiters, they have really fallen out of favor with him in the NBA right now. Oh, my goodness. Would you agree? I would agree. Yes. Um, this is a different kind of news and note here. A couple of last two notes here I wanted to bring up. The NBA has released a statement. Uh, David Stern, former commissioner, you probably remember him, Tim, uh, suffered a sudden brain hemorrhage uh, less than a week ago and underwent emergency surgery. So David David Stern had a hemorrhage. Uh, hope, hopefully we've heard, I think he's going to be okay, but that's a scary thought right there of a brain hemorrhage. It's, um... He's right at that age. He's he's not real old, but he's you know seventy seven. So, and I imagine he's probably led a fairly stressful existence. I would think being uh, yeah, doing what he did. I would have to agree with you. 
I don't know what he did prior to. I mean, he was a lawyer, I assume. Most of them were. So, um, I mean, he was the commissioner for a long time. Uh, 30 years. Can you imagine with putting up with all the nonsense that happens in the NBA for 30 years? I mean, I couldn't imagine putting up with you for 30 years. No, no, and and nobody has so far except for my parents. Well, there you go. <laughs> True. <laughs> Your son's getting close. Well, okay, yeah, my parents and my siblings, but they don't, you know. Your siblings don't have to like you that much if they don't want to. Your, I guess your parents really don't either, I suppose. But. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they don't have to. Uh, just look at my sister. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Joke. <laughs> Somebody's got to be. <laughs> if there's more than one of you, if there's more than one of you, somebody has to be the least favorite. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it's me. Uh, finally, R.J. Hampton, a projected lottery pick in the 2020 NBA draft, will miss the next four weeks in Australian NBL with a hip injury. So a potential lottery pick getting hurt. Not good news there. No. Um, now we'll probably have to hear how Paul uh, Jr. there is the greatest thing since sliced bread again. Well, which I, you know. which I can't figure out with 15, or I think he's averaging 17 points in the Australian league, why that makes him a better prospect than guys in the NCAA. But for some reason it does. I can't pretend to understand that. But Well, I can't but, pretend to understand why people go out of their way to buy crappy meat when you can go to stayclassymeats.com and get the best quality product out there. I've been getting stuff out of my freezer this week, Tim. We're going to do it right this year for the holidays. Thinking about some pork chops this week, some steak next What's week. This, it's uh, going to be great. What's this wee stuff? Well, me and my family. Oh, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> Check them out over at stayclassymeats.com. Use our promo code WIDEMEN. Save 10% on your order. And, and folks, I'm just going to tell you, if you're listening out there, the honey bacon don't sleep on it. Get some of that honey bacon. My brother-in-law says it's the best bacon he's ever had in his life. And he grew up on a farm. So I'll tell you, get you some honey bacon, order up, get your steaks, get your chicken, your pork chops, everything you want. Get you some bison burger, get a little bit of everything, try it out, save 10% and they'll throw in a free pound of Montana grass fed ground beef. When you, you know, order, check them out. Stayclassymeats.com. You know how good they are, Nate? How good are they? They don't sell turducken. They don't. They do not sell turducken. That's but how let's good hear, they are. Let's hear some more from Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right. If you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection, whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire. You can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat 
that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Again, thanks to our wonderful sponsors over at stayclassymeats.com. What? What, Shackelford? What do you want? Oh, is it? It's time? It's time! Bush Lee. That's right, it's Bush Lee. What? It's, it's the primetime players and the dancing bogguses. Good lord. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's Bush Lee. I wonder how many people are here that dance bogus. <laughs> I don't know if they hear it, but I say it. I, anyway. I hear it, and it makes me laugh every time, but anyway. <laughs> Because we've seen video did proof we, that it did happened. We ever po- did we ever post that video on the on, on the page? I don't think we ever did. He posted it. He shared it. I thought that was just on Twitter, though. On his own tweet. Oh. On his own yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I think I did retweet tweet. it. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Anyway. I think I did. If I didn't, no, I will. Anyway, three nominees this week and one. It pains me to nominate them. But, nevertheless, three nominees... For Bush League this week, our first nominee, Tim, you will be our winner picker. Here we go. <laughs> That's winner winner picker, not wiener picker. Yes, you and you pick me a winner. All right, here's our <laughs> wiener picker. <laughs> oh, what I heard. <laughs> this segment's going to hell. All right. Ah, it's the holidays. Everybody. It is the holidays. We're all miserable. Uh, no, we're not. Draymond Green. Draymond Green goes in for the layup and throws it off the backboard to no one. I guess he thought Kevin Durant was still there. Nobody home for Draymond as he throws it off what? the backboard to absolutely no one. That looks like, you know, like, and I'm not making fun of any – well, not, I don't even have to make fun of Robinson. I'll make fun of myself. This is That is the extent of my basketball skills. An ungodly <laughs> swan, broken-winged swan move to the hoop. With the intention that that was supposed to be a layup for two, not a, a dunk or an alley oop or anything, that that would have been me in grade school right there. That's right, folks. He's getting paid to do that. You know what that is? That's Bush League. Ah. Yeah, it's Bush League. I'm going different on the sound clips this time. All right, our next nominee, Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns. Oh my God! Because this is like this is even more like what did I you do? I don't know what he did was get a, doing. Did you get a hold of like my junior high uh, videotapes or something? Cause two steps and just leaves the ball short, yeah, and I he, uh, and I'm like, oh, cat, come on, man, come on, because he like, had it right like, to the hoop. He could have went up and dunked it. He only took one see, step. See, you can't see his face there, right? I'm guessing that he has he's gone the amazing Kreskin and he's he's uh he's counted the amount of steps it should take him to get to the basket. And yeah, lay it just in. fell short. But he was just a little bit he was he was in using imperial measurements and uh, that was a metric court. Yes. Oh, is it pains me, it pains me, it pains That's... me to say it, but Carl Anthony Towns, that move I mean that is Bush League. 
That's Bush That's pretty sad. You know what's uh, sad? It was. Our our first two entries are not really particularly funny. They're more sad. (laughs) Well, get ready to laugh here because Patrick McCaw tried to check into the game with his headphones on (laughs) in our next Bush League company. He's got his headphones in. Yeah, he was really ready. Oh. But his jersey was tucked in, so no violation there. But yeah, McCall checks in, headphones what on. In God's name of. I don't. Uh, how does that. Why what... do you even have those? You shouldn't have them on the bench. You're supposed to be watching and paying attention. You should. You should, but not when you're Patrick McCall because he wanted to make sure that he made it too. That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? That's Bush League. All right, Tim. Our three nominees. No, let me know this over. I mean, Go that, ahead. Uh, that do you need do you need some Jeopardy music to think about it? Uh, yeah, let's play the Jeopardy music. Okay, Jeopardy music incoming. Suck it, Trebek. All right. Well, Have you reached the verdict? Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of tore because like that headphones thing is pretty funny. I yes, don't really want to dump. I don't want to dump all over your man's towns, but that that's dump on him, man. But, dump on him if you have to. Yeah, but I, but I'm kind of leaning towards because I would like to have heard the audio if Draymond Green would have been mic'd up. <laughs> probably would have had to. Uh, probably would have had to find it on the internet. That's yeah, it would have been. It would have been one long beep, I'm sure, but that's what I wanted yeah. to hear because I wanted to see how Draymond somehow turned that into somebody else's fault, even though there's nobody within 10 feet of him. I don't know who he thought was going to finish that off. He thought somebody was going to be there for five slam jamma the, They weren't. The, the, the ghost of one of his former teammates, maybe. I, I don't know. but uh, Beat the hell out of me. Uh, but that being said, uh, no, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick McCall. He gets the win for that unbelievably right. classless move to have his headphones in his armpits for some reason. Oh, God. Well, Patrick McCall, for winning Bush League this week, you've won a copy of the first ever Tom Robinson erotica fan fiction. That's right. It's Star Wars erotica fan fiction as written by Tom Robinson. It's called Solo. The Empire Strokes Back. So make sure you pick up a copy at the local Books a Million today. Thanks for listening and tuning in to Bush League. Bush League. You uh, better get Steve on the line because Disney's calling. Uh, we don't need that, but I'll tell you what we do need. We, uh, I had a chance to sit down the other day with Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte, and we got to talk about the Charlotte Hornets, who kind of been a surprising team. Everyone thought they'd be bottom of the barrel, but yet they've been kind of, um, you know, they've been, they've been okay, you know, not terrible. But I was able to check in with him and talk about the Hornets, some of the highs and lows so far, and the guy that's really shocking everybody, Devontae Graham, has been playing well. For the Hornets, in case you haven't been keeping up with him, he's doing he's doing a nice job there. Second round pick, he's averaging almost twenty points per game for the Hornets. So uh, 
We can go to my discussion with Justin Thomas, and then we'll be back on the other side. And Tim's got a rant, and we got Christmas Day talks, and we're going to bring up a little bit about load management. You good with that, Tim? I am so good with that. All right, let's get to it. What do you say? Uh, Roll the celluloid. Back on Wide Men Can't Jump once again is Justin Thomas from the Charlotte Hornets organization. Well, maybe not the organization, but he covers the Charlotte Hornets for ESPN Charlotte. He's a sports journalist and reporter. Justin, thanks for jumping back on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Glad to be back. Always good to have you on to talk about a team that's uh, probably closer to me than just about any other team in uh, the Charlotte Hornets, but not exactly the happiest of times in Charlotte as of right now is the Hornets team, you know, they surprised some people early on, had a few nice wins, but it's really been kind of a up and down form here this season. They're 12 and 17. So honestly, maybe better than what a lot of people thought they would be, but they're sitting at the 10 seed right now. And of course, you know, early in the season still, but we've already gotten through about a quarter of the season so far. What have you thought about the Charlotte Hornets as we get through a quarter of this NBA season so far and getting close to Christmas? Well, we knew going into the season that the Hornets weren't going to be a team that was going to be competing for the playoffs. So you were more so looking at storylines and players and seeing what would you what would you learn about Coach Borrego, what would you learn about Terry Rozier, just a lot of question marks going into the year. And I must say, I think I can actually speak for – I don't know if I can say a large portion of the fan base in Charlotte, but it's been pretty exciting. You know, for the most part, um, outside of all the question marks, you knew the team wasn't going to be that good. So it was more so, okay, what are these games going to be like? Is this just going to be a bad basketball team that goes out and gives lackluster effort? No, not at all. Um, This this team has been very exciting to watch, despite their win-loss record. I would say last week, Coach Borrego, I think it was last week, or it could be the week before last, and someone asked Coach Borrego what term would he use to describe this team, and he said resilient. And and I agree. You know, the Horns get down at times, and he said, you know, we've lost some games. and um, But one thing that I'm very proud about this ball club is, is we're resilient. We don't give up. We compete. And that's what you like. Now, I will I will preface that comment by saying, Charlotte's games are exciting when they're playing the bottom tier teams. Those are the most exciting games they've played and will be the most be the more exciting games going forward. When they play the better teams, they just aren't talented enough. But so far they haven't played a lot of the best teams in the league. So they've had they've had some fun games. So to go along with with uh, coach Borrego and, and talk about this team being resilient despite it not reflecting the win-loss category, there've been some things I feel like we'll talk about tonight that's been pretty uh, exciting to watch. Yeah, and speaking of exciting to watch, Devontae Graham out of Kansas. Uh, he is the leading scorer on the team right now, 19.6 points per game for him. He's also the leading assist getter with 7.4 assists per game. He's kind of come out of nowhere this year. Nobody expected him to be as good as he's been this year. This was a second-round pick out of Kansas, and he's really turned into probably the Hornets' best player. What do you think about Devontae Graham and what he's done so far this year? 
I tell you, the, when we talk, when we um, spoke, you know, during the preview stage of of this year, we we had a bunch of questions about the Hornets, and I even mentioned that I like Devontae Graham, but I believe Devont, I believe myself, Devontae Graham, and the city of Charlotte. Nobody saw this coming. I don't think Devontae saw this coming. He's been on a tear. Um, I remember Kimba's first return um, to Charlotte. My dad said, hey, do you follow the team? He said, yeah, I do. I'll, I'll watch every Hornets game I, I possibly can. I I, um, I communicate with the guys. And, heck, to be honest with you, I think even Devontae has took a couple of my moves. Because there will be some times you'll be watching these games and, you, you know, you, you rub your eyes. You're like, I know that's not Kimba Walker. Who is that? They're like, Devontae Graham, but that's the kid from Kansas? He's doing nothing but taking and making big shots. I, I, I don't know if – I remember talking on Twitter last week to, to someone, and I, the only thing I could chalk up Devontae Graham's success is the, the quality of the locker room last year. When Devontae was able to come in and, you know, sit behind Kimba and Tony Parker and, and learn from those guys. And and having a great, you know, a locker room that consists of Marvin Williams, uh, you know, uh, the stand-up pro on the roster, you have a good locker room. And there's no secret sauce to Devontae Graham. It was almost when Kimba went through his explosion last year, you know, reporters from different teams would come in and they would ask the question, what is Kimba doing to get so good? Where, where did this come from? And it's more so just, just putting the effort in. Devontae does nothing but play basketball and then some. He's he's getting up shots after practice. He's working hard over the summer, and he's he's bearing the fruits of his labor. I mean, he just had what not what three four days ago he had forty points. If somebody would have told you Devontae Graham would score forty points this season, you you probably would have bet the bank on it because nobody saw it coming. And he has been yeah. the best player on the Olympics this year, killing it. It's been it's it's been amazing just just to watch this from a guy that was supposed to play basketball at Appalachian State to end up getting to Kansas and and being a multi-year starter at Kansas and his second year in the league, he's the best player on the Hornets roster. None of us saw this coming. Yeah, and he's a guy who's really an overachiever, and he has been probably his whole life, if you want to put down to it, but it comes down to hard work. And glad to see he's doing big things. God, I hated him whenever he played for Kansas, though. I live in West Virginia, so we had to see him twice a year. And, oh, God, he killed us. I was about to say, and you know what's wild is – as a, I am a Carolina, I'm a Carolina guy, but mm-hmm. I always watch the Kansas games because you know, even though I feel like I'm almost for a good portion of sports media, we all thought we would be NBA players, and for a lot of us, it didn't pan out. And I would always watch the Kansas games because Kansas always had small guards. And Devontae, mm-hmm. I love Devontae Graham, and I, and I remember the Hornets drafting him, and I'm like, I've watched a lot of Devontae Graham. I think. I mean, he's a scrappy guy. Like he, I think he could be a quality backup. And his second year in, he's like, forget a quality backup. I'm starting. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah he's... I, w- I would probably agree with you on the overachiever uh, label. Yeah, and uh, P.J. Washington, the rookie this year, he's actually leading the team in uh, three-point percentage. He's averaging about 12 points a game. He's averaging 41% from three. This is a guy who a lot of people felt the Hornets maybe – took a reach on a little bit with P.J. Washington, but uh, so far panning out. What's your thoughts on P.J. Washington? Uh, I, I like what I'm seeing from P.J. Washington. I, I think one thing that Charlotte had to do, that the fan base had to kind of lower expectations because he played so well in the preseason. And 
that was a great sign because you saw ability. You're like, okay, he can put it on the floor. He can put his back to the basket. He can run the floor. He can rebound. Oh, wow. He can step out and shoot a three. This is great. Okay, let's see what it looks like in the regular season. And then he comes out early in the season. He has the 6-3 performance, most by a rookie in franchise history. And people are screaming from the, you know, from the hills, oh, man, he's going he's gonna to be a, you know, an eight-time all-star and this, that, and the third. And I think he can do all those things. Um, but he's had a, he's had a good year. He he started off really hot, and I think that put his expectations to the roof. But he's 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 regressed to the meme, and that's rightfully so. He's a rookie. Um, the NBA is is a I would say experience is the best teacher in the NBA. And the one thing that makes the NBA very very hard is you have to learn on the go, and learning on the go means you might be playing three games in seven nights, four games sometimes. So it's a lot. I think he he's been playing well. I I didn't come. I wasn't expecting him to have a monster year, but I was expecting him to have a good year. And he looks good. Like just just watch him as a rookie. You know he's going to be a promising basketball player. Of, of all the things I know before, he can put it on the floor. He has good size, defensive versatility, and more importantly, he can shoot. I mean, one thing that has plagued this team for a number of years, dating back to the Steve Clifford years, was the Hornets were one of the worst teams in the league. At, at, at shooting, they they couldn't shoot. They were getting tons of open shots. I remember Tom Habistro, we were going through stats one day, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, learn more about analytics. So we're, you know, we're playing with different functions online and looking at different um, statistics. And I believe two years ago, but this has been a, a common trend for at least the past probably three years, with this year being an outlier, is that the Hornets were one of the worst teams at um, missing wide open shots? So they they just couldn't shoot. They weren't they weren't making twos. They were missing threes, and it was just rough. They get into a lot of games and they get looks and couldn't make them. So to have a guy like PJ, you know, it's promising because we've touched earlier. Devontae Graham is shooting the ball well. PJ shooting the ball well. Heck, Miles Bridges is shooting thirty eight percent from three. Who would have saw that coming? So. It, they've been much improved in, in shooting, and, and P.J. Washington has been a, a an important piece in that because they needed it. So I, I would I could say I could speak for most outside of the college basketball fan base. I didn't know much about P.J. Washington. Like, I knew he played in Kentucky. You know, I followed him in high school. I knew a little bit about him, but not enough to say, hey, this guy, this guy is going to be really good for a number of years. But so far through a quarter of the season, you're seeing some things in P.J. Washington that bodes well going forward. Yeah, and uh, you brought up Miles Bridges. He's another guy. 12 points per game, five rebounds. I mean, he's playing rather well uh, early. You know, of course, this is his only second year, so he'll get better. And you brought up the three-point percentage. He's shooting 43% from the floor. Uh, so he's, he's doing well this season to start out, especially as a guy who's not going to be looked at as your number one option, at least right now. But, uh, yeah, Miles Bridges, the second-year man, uh, do you feel like the Hornets are, are liking what they're getting out of him so far here in his second year? I would I would say yes. They're asking they're asking Miles to um guard the primary score on other teams, which is a, a very tough task because a lot of kids don't even know how to play defense getting into the NBA. And a, a second year guy, you're like, Hey, um, we know you're athletic and you're young. Go uh go stop LeBron James or go 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 guard Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, go slow down Kawhi Leonard. So he has a very tough task um, on the defensive end of, of taking, you know, the, usually the opponent's best offensive player 
But and I must say, I I watch his game sometimes and question how comfortable he looks doing certain things. But he's he's having a, he's having a pretty good year. He had a, he had a career high um, back in Washington earlier in the season. I believe he had thirty two. I was shocked watching that game. Like I would have, I wasn't expecting the other thirty two points in Miles Bridges this season. He's done that. He's shooting well from three, which I didn't see coming. It just does. It just looks a little different. You know, you can watch certain guys, and you know they love to say professionals make things look easy. And you you can watch the you know the the best players in the world. You said, man, they made that look really easy. And then there's times where I'm watching Miles Bridges and I'm questioning: Is he comfortable going to the rim? Is he question? Is he confident putting it on the floor? Um, does he does he shoot that three with with rhythm? How how does it look? And a lot of times I'm sitting there like, oh no, no, no. And sometimes he's make he's making good basketball plays. I had somebody call me out the other day on Twitter. It's like, how are you questioning a guy shooting threes when he's shooting thirty eight percent? I'm like, it just it just looks different. And he's a lefty. So I don't know if it's more of the Sean Marion effect or you just watch him and it looks a little funky, but it's working. So I would say year two, if you could if you could poll, you know, some people in the organization part of the basketball operations. They said they're pleased with what they're getting from Miles Bridges in year two. Well, let's go from the good to the not-so-good. Uh, this guy's making $25 million, almost 26, and he's averaging three points per game right now, and that's Nick Batum. All I can really ask, what happened to Nick Batum? Oh. I, I used to sometimes even my dad used to get to this back and forth because I didn't think this argument was valid, but my dad is also a king of lazy hot takes, and he would always say, you know, some of the foreign born players, you know, they'll come over, play real promising basketball, and once they get a big deal, they'll kind of regress back to you know just a middle of the pack type of guy, and that's what Nick Batum is right now. Uh, people have been. Let's just say Nick Batum hadn't been popular in this city for a number of years now, and his price tag isn't helping him. Um, Nick, yeah. And he's battled injury this year. Um, to, to be fair, he's he's been banged up this year. Um, but you know, you you never know. I I, I don't know. To be honest, with you, there's some games you see Nick Batum and he could play 28 minutes and give you four points and four rebounds. And then there's some games he comes out, he has. 18 points, he has 10 assists and 8 rebounds, and you're like, wow, okay. This, okay, I understand why Charlotte is paying this guy. This guy can do it all. Um, a couple of weeks ago, he uh, picked somebody, got the ball in a breakaway, and went out for a dunk. And I remember sitting in the arena thinking to myself, did Nick Batum just pickpocket somebody? Pick up the steal, go down there and slam it? I, I don't know when the last time I was doing that. I think people in Twitter was having having a good time with that also because they couldn't believe it. Like, what? He, he's doing something for us? So Nick Batum has, has fallen out of favor in this city for a number of years. And, you know, just you reading off his stat line alone, it tells you why he's not the most likable guy in Charlotte. Can I tell you how this happened or why it happened? I have no idea. It was just – it was a real gradual decline, and then it just got to a point where the fan base has washed their hands with the guy. Yeah, and for anybody wondering, Nick Batum is making twenty five point five six or twenty five point basically twenty five point six million dollars this year. He's making more money combined than 
Malik Monk, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Willie Herman Gomez, Dwayne Bacon, Devontae Graham, Cody, and Caleb Martin combined. So if that tells you anything. <laughs> um, that's, and that's, and go ahead. One more thing on Batum. I remember Steve Clifford used to say this. When, when Nick Batum signed his, his new deal, everyone was asking, Coach Clifford, do you expect um, – Something different out of Nick. Do you expect him to average twenty points and I expect him to have X amount of rebounds, X amount of assists? Coach Clifford said, "No, we're we're paying this guy for what he does. We're not paying him and saying, hey, now go get us twenty-five a night.' When Nick has done his entire career, is what we're paying him for. Just because he has a hefty price tag now, does not mean his game is going to change. And I think so many people." get consumed with how much he's making and and you pair with his performance and it's just nobody's getting the return on their investment. Um, it's just been that he's gone so low. Like if, if Nick Batum is averaging 14, 8, and 5, people would still, still complain, but you'd say, you know what, the guy's at least going out there playing well every couple of nights. He's going to have a double-double. Some nights he's going to give us, um, you know, mid to hot 20s. And, you know, we're going to get them, get some of those games. He's he just hit the, his floor so fast that it just has people up in arms. And, of course, the price tag just makes people even more upset. So Yeah, Nick, $25 million a year. $25 million a year, and he's averaging three points per game, four rebounds, three assists. Um yeah, I, I can understand the frustration of the, some of the fans. Oh, it's, I have a friend I mean, who's a big Hornets fan, and he he cusses Nick Batum on a, a daily basis. It's uh, if, I mean, if we're being brutally honest here, it's pathetic. It is, um, but unfortunately, that is his reality in Charlotte right now. That is what you're getting. Yeah, and I can only imagine how well it's going to go over if he decides to take his player option next year. Worth twenty seven million dollars. Um, oh yeah, and you know, and guess what? He's ugh. not getting that money anywhere else on the market. So you can gladly no. expect. No, so you have to assume again. he's. You have to assume he's coming back. Um, oh, I'm just yeah. brutally honest here, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening, if you're a Hornets fan, you know, one more year, just hang tough. <laughs> but um, one more hanging tough. Terry Rozier has played pretty well for the Hornets this year. He's averaging sixteen. Point six per game. He had kind of had a rough game with against Indiana. Uh, I'm not sure if maybe he got hurt or um, missed some time there, but nevertheless, uh, Terry Rozier coming over. He's got a, an interesting contract. Most contracts you see, they go up from year to year. Terry Rozier's actually goes down. He's got 19 million, which it's all guaranteed money, but 19 million dollars up front, almost 20, and then 18.9 next year. And then the following year, 17.9. I find that interesting that they're doing that with his contract. But the Hornets feel they're getting a good investment here with Terry Rozier being their point guard. I do. And to be honest, I don't know if this has been easy for Terry. And to be completely fair, Terry Rozier has been a stand-up pro. Because, you know, you know, it's not easy. You know, he came here three-year, $58 million deal. I don't know if I – I don't want to assume, but I think it's safe to assume that Carroll's year felt that he would be the man. So he, he's like, you know, I've I played in Boston for a number of years. I've played with a good team. I've played under a great coach. You know, I've I've been a reserve 
for my years now. I'm ready to take this step up. And his step up, it, I don't think it's been what people have, have, would have expected for him because I, I think a lot of people had – you had people with super high hopes for him and think, he, you know, he would come in and, and, you know, average 22, 23 a night and, and have a great year because you just saw flashes of him in Boston. Every time you saw the, the Terry Rozier flashes, you were like, man, this guy could be a full-time starter. Who knows what this guy could be because in the, in the flashes that we get, he's great. Um, but he has been the ultimate pro. He's talked about it all the time. He's, Devontae has emerged as, you know, the best player on the team, and he's he's, make, he's making a lot of big shots and scoring a lot of points. It, he's, he's, he's a popular guy in town right now. And not once has Terry ever, you know, turned the conversation to him. He always says, I play for the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. He said that plenty of times. Yeah, I am a team guy. I want you to do whatever it takes to win. People are asking, well, okay, Devontae has been great. Now Devontae's starting. How do you feel about this? He said, hey, I'm a basketball player. I can play with the ball in my hand. I can play I can play off the ball. He's like, I've played off the I played off the ball in Louisville. Like this this isn't anything new to me. He's always said, Hey, I'm gonna come in and work hard. I'm gonna do whatever the coaches ask me to do, and I'm gonna try to put this team in the best position to win. And it's it's worked. He um nobody saw Devontae Graham do it when he was doing. Um uh, but but Terry is handling like a pro. And I mean he's and he's not playing bad. He's averaging sixteen and a half, close to five rebounds and four assists. It's not great, but you know, it's, it's decent. Um, I, I'm sure people expected to get more, but in reality, they got Devontae Graham. But, I mean, it's it's a smaller backcourt, but they've been playing well. They've been making it exciting. I, I truly enjoy watching Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham light it up from night to night. It's, it, it's been fun because it's a smaller backcourt. You know, the, that can get tricky when you go up against teams with bigger guards. They can make things a little difficult. But Terry Rozier is having a nice year. I don't want to say a great one, but he's having a nice year. He's flying on the radar, and it's a brand-new team. I mean, we're quarter, we're quarter into the season. You know, by game 54, we could be talking about Terry Rozier averaging 20 a night and him and Devontae Graham, you know, having a pretty good year together. It's, it's still early. I don't like to, you know, make, I guess, well, excuse me, I don't like to have hot takes so early in the year because for sometimes there's new teams, some teams are banged up, all types of things could be going on. But according to the season, so they've got to play. So I I think it'll get better for Terry. Um, And he's talked about it. He's like, hey, it's a new team. You know, we're we're still learning each other. We're going out and practicing and hanging out on the road and learning dislikes and spots and all types of good stuff. So they're still learning. So there's still the question marks there. But so far it's been all right. Yeah, and, of course, I'm not – when I go through a quarter through the season, I look at teams and you say, hey, here's some teams that are performing well, but we, you kind of expect, you know, they're not going to be in this spot come the end of the season or this team's underperforming. Maybe they'll turn it around. Who knows? Again, we're not, it's not even Christmas yet, and that's when the casual fans start to tune in. It's normally Christmas Day. So you don't want to put too much stock in what's going on right now. But it's still interesting to have that conversation. Um, I'm going to throw okay, out a couple of names time. here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and throw, I got I I got a podcast I got to fill time you know so we we have these conversations. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I got three names here I'm gonna throw out at you, and these could all be possible uh, contract uh, tradables towards the trade deadline. 
You tell me which of the three is the most likely to get traded uh, on an expiring deal. Bismack Biombo with $17 million, Marvin Williams at $15 million, or Michael Kidd-Gilchrist at $13 million. All, all three guys' contracts expire at the end of this year. Are the Hornets likely to try to move any of those expiring deals, or do you think they want to hold on and maybe try to test free agency, or do you think they'll move anybody to try to maybe bring in um, some younger talent or, or maybe bring in a veteran to put on this roster that's got a little more upside than those three gentlemen here so far? I I worry because for the, for this locker room's sake, I hope I'm wrong, but I believe – there, I believe someone will get moved, and I think it's going to be Marvin Williams. I'm a big, I am a big Marvin Williams fan. Marvin Williams is not only just a, a, a super good dude, a great locker room guy. He can hit threes, and he can play defense. Marvin Williams, in a limited role, playing anywhere from 14 to 17 minutes, for a contending playoff team or a championship contending team, it could could be the missing piece. Like for example, I'm a big big Rockets guy. I love James Harden. I would love for the Rockets Ugh. to get Marvin Williams out of trade deadline. I I would love for that to happen. And Marvin Williams is going to be a guy that's going to get nobody. Unfortunately, Ben Mack is making 17 million on an expiring deal, but he still has bad hands. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, you thought. You hoped, you dreamt and prayed that he would add a you know a layer of offense to his game. That has not happened. But Marvin Williams, oh man, Marvin, Marvin will, will more likely get moved. And I, I hate it. I hope I'm wrong. And when I say I hope I'm wrong, is because I think of the younger guys. Marvin has has played a key role. I remember watching Kimball Walker doing an interview. I want to say it was TNT. And they were asking about his time in Charlotte, and he was like, man, I, I, I can't say enough about Marvin Williams. Um, he's, just, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine. He, he taught me how to be a pro. And, and I, I think having, having those guys, they lead by example. Like Kimba, I feel like Kimba was a, a really, outside of just Kimba alone, of, of his work ethic, I thought he was a big product of his environment. And the Hornets have always had a, a good a, – the Bobcats as Hornets, now Hornets, have always had a good locker room. And I think that has played a role in Devontae Graham becoming what he is right now. And I think you need those guys because when you when you lose quality quality pros, you can sometimes have young guys fall, you know, turn into being young guys where you don't have the proper mix. But unfortunately, I do think a, a contending team is going to make a play for Marvin Williams. And if anyone gets moved of those three, of Biombo, Williams, and MKG, it'll likely be Marvin Williams. Well, last one, and I'll let you go. And I appreciate you jumping on here and giving me so much time and having our listeners get so much uh, Charlotte Hornets insider because I don't think people realize what an interesting team this Hornets team is. They're a small market team, kind of under the radar, but – Man, they're fun, and they're fun to watch. I've watched, uh, tried to catch a couple of their games this year, and I haven't made it down to one this year, but I may have to try and sneak down if I get some time. But um, I definitely want to ask this. Malik Monk, he's been kind of a um, – he was a guy I was really high on. I thought the Hornets stole him uh, a couple of years ago in the draft 
uh, with the way he fell, but he's been kind of streaky, I think is the best way to describe to describe him. Of course, he was dealing with, I believe, an injury, but Malik Monk, what do you think of him? Have we seen his best yet? Can he get better? Will he eventually turn into that star that we saw from Kentucky, but in the NBA? I don't know, because do you, if there's anyone that's an odd man out with the emergence of Devontae Graham, it's Malik Monk. You know, like what what you're seeing right now, what, I think probably I, I'm pretty confident that if you could poll the fan base, they probably would have thought the year that Devontae Graham is having is the year Malik Monk is having. And that hasn't happened. There are people that are asking, what is Malik Monk? And, and right now, Malik Monk, what? And, he, and he's still young. Malik Monk is... Nine, what is he? Nineteen? He he might be twenty. I don't know if he's nineteen or, or I don't know if he's nineteen or if he's turned twenty yet. But it's uh, I know he's quite yeah, young. Yeah, he's still super young. He he's still really really young. Um, and I do think there's I do think there's good basketball. Ahead he's twenty one. He is twenty one years old. Okay, twenty one. Yes, he's he is super. He is super young. There's a lot of basketball left, I, and I was—I forget if I was listening to the Knuckleheads podcast or possibly listening to All the Smoke with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, and they were talking about some guy. And I was like, it's hard to think as as hard as we are on these guys. These guys are 24 years old, 25 years old. They're still young basketball players. Malik Monk is 21, but also we are in a society now that guys get here earlier and you want to see it sooner rather than later but I, I do think uh, Malik Monk will, will play some better basketball than what you're getting right now but he, he is the odd man out right now um, the emergence of Devontae Graham has, has has taken some minutes from him because you, you thought you would be getting that from Malik Monk when in odds are you're getting it from Devontae Graham rather than Malik Monk but I, I was still cautious fans to not give up on Malik Monk because you, you can watch, you watch him play, and whether it's it's him playing point guard in the pick and roll, setting up the big man, or or um or hitting the open man in the short corner, he he looks so much better when he plays under control. And more times than not, if there's anything that he's doing well this year, it's just, it's him playing under control. I was watching. I want to say they it wasn't the Hawks. I forget who they were playing the other night. Um, usually he would catch the ball. You know, they're, they're swinging the ball. He would, as soon as he caught it, he would shoot it. I would always joke, and joke you know, talking to the guys on, on the press row. I was like, man, Malik Monk is joining the fraternity of I haven't seen a shot I didn't like. And a couple nights ago, he caught it. It was before they went on this road trip. And he caught the ball, um, and a guy was charging at him. He gave the head fake, took a step to the right, took his time, knocked down a three. And I'm thinking to myself, like, see, that is Malik Monk under control. When he plays under control – you will fall in love with his game. But there was just such peaks and valleys of, of him being under control and him playing sped up. Now it looks like the game the game is slowing down for him. Unfortunately, he's just not going to have the same minute because of the emergence of Bacon, but the opportunity is still there. He will still have ample amount of time to be able to continue to blossom. And and Coach Borrego is a, is a fan of Malik. He always talks about we, we have high hopes for Malik, and it's just adding him. Just him playing under control and sustaining that. Not him playing under control for two minutes or three minutes. 
for him playing well for sustained periods of time, for 10 minutes, for three or four games, not just two games. So they're working, they're working on um, sustainability. And if he can get that, I think a lot of it will come. But I caution fans right now to it's okay. You can be done with um, Nick Batum, but but don't give up on Malik Monk just yet. There's still hope. Well, of course, there's still hope. But, uh, Justin, I do want to thank you for your time. And uh, thank you for giving us so much insight and depth into the Hornets. And uh, and one, we want to invite you to let our listeners know where they can follow you, keep up. Go ahead and get those plugs in, man. Definitely want to make sure people know where they can find you at. Hey, you can find me at Justin Thomas NBA on Twitter. And I have something in the works. I don't want to reveal too much because we haven't really put a lot of it in motion just yet. But there's a chance that we could, I could be doing some different things uh, later in the season. So I will keep you um, updated with how that goes. But for right now, you can find me on Twitter at Justin Thomas NBS. Awesome, man. So great to hear you're doing well and things are going good for you. And that's awesome. Awesome to hear. And we love it when people we make contacts with are doing well. So thank you again for coming on. And um, if we can, we'll get you back closer to the all-star break and talk more Hornets. Hey, hopefully, hopefully we have some, hopefully we have some good things to talk about, whether it's Malik Monk getting a little bit better or Devontae Graham continuing to be on the tear or maybe yeah. somebody gets moved for draft pieces. Cause unfortunately they've been winning some games and they have, they need to be losing some games. Yeah. So, hey, hey. so they, yeah. they're not, that's like my football team. Yeah. That's the one time you want them to lose. You're like, Hey, they're, they're sneaking out wins. And there's yeah. already like 10, there's like 10 teams ahead of them already. They've won way too many too fast. comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Make sure you check out our good sponsors at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They've got some Deadpool statues in there. I definitely think you should check out. Only $50. Check them out right now. Great stuff there. All kinds of Pop Funko vinyls. They've got two of the uh, Pennywise It 18 inches tall statues in. Make sure you check those out. They've got all kinds of stuff here. What A life-size replica of Flasher Gremlin, 30 inches tall. Comes in. This is insane. 
They were only a thousand of these made worldwide. They're selling them for $250. There's only one available. So get there now. Got some cool Deadpool stuff. Uh, Pinhead Pop Funko for $10. Just check them out. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Get there now and check them out. All right, Tim. Let's go ahead and do it. You had a rant you wanted to go oh, on. So go ahead and rant. I've got a rant. You know what grinds my gears, Nate? What grinds your gears? Parents who steal the spotlight from their children. Hmm. Now, I know this is a slightly unpopular take. I've seen both sides of it on the internet and the Twitterverse and all that nonsense. But I am a parent. Put two, one girl, one boy. I know what it takes. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. And you do. Now, I know LeBron James is a celebrity. Very famous man. And for very good reason. No problem with that whatsoever. He draws a crowd. Shows up at his kids, I guess it's what, high school basketball game? Yes. Shows up so that everybody can watch him come in with the security detail. Look at me. I'm LeBron. Jumps up and down like an idiot during the game, which I will allow because LeBron, is he's allowed to be a parent. That's I'm okay with. You can stay off the court, though, LeBron. You're not part of the game. You're just there to watch. But then when his son wins MVP award, and LeBron goes out and takes the trophy and holds it while they take pictures. And I'm like, what, not enough press in the NBA for you? Like, let the kid have his moment. Be a proud parent. I got no problem with that. I'm glad he's going to the games. I won't throw him under the bus entirely. But you couldn't just let the kid have the moment on his own. It had to be the LeBron show. It annoys me greatly. Um I said better than being a deadbeat dad, I guess. Yeah. But but not by a lot. That, that kid is, I mean, what, is LeBron going to start showing up uh, once the kid makes the pros? And he's probably going to by all, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to re- have a special NBA schedule so LeBron doesn't play on nights when, if he, if he's still in the league at that time, because um, he might not be, what, with his whole load management thing, which is a whole, which we'll get to mm-hmm. in a sec. Yeah, um, yeah, I, gotta, I want to bring that up. Yeah, I just, I just find that I won't say that he's doing it to hog the spotlight, but he's hogging the spotlight. Let your kid have it. You get plenty. No need for you to to have any more at a high school basketball game. That's all I'll say. Well, you brought up the load management situation, and that's been a big topic of discussion. Um, LeBron came out and publicly said that he thinks, you know he's only got so many games left and he doesn't want to take games off and he wants to play because you never know who's there that night to see you play. Some people think that there should be load management. LeBron did say though, he thinks there should be load management in AAU ball. There's a lot of stuff out there. So uh, what say you, Tim, what do you think about load management here with LeBron's comments? Well, I mean, we've had the load management argument before and I, I, don't have a problem with load management if they call it load management. I don't want to hear that a guy's got a knee injury on Thursday, doesn't have it on Friday, for, then has it again on Saturday, or if the right opposition comes to town or a team he doesn't play well against, that suddenly he's hurt. 
if they're if they're honest about it and go, no, we're not playing them tonight. Is there anything wrong with them? No. Just needs a rest. Uh, I okay. guess I can under, I guess I can understand that. Now that's my ownership coaching side of it. If I'm a fan, I'm pissed. I don't want to hear that uh, four hours before game time that the guy I paid big money to come watch is suddenly on uh, isn't playing because of load management. I don't care. Normal people, normal people work every day. And we work hard, well, damn it. Yeah, and you don't get days off because you, well, you know, are you, are you hurt? No, I'm just a little bit tired. Need to take a personal day. I don't know where yeah. that'll get you. Good luck not, with that. Not, yeah, not unless you work for one hell of a progressive company, and most people do not. And you might be yeah. able to do that once in a blue moon, but you ain't doing it. You know, Tim, you're a surgeon. We need you to be a surgeon these 82 days. Well, I'm just telling you right now, there's going to be at least 10 of them days where I'm not going to feel like surgeon. And so if somebody's dying. <laughs> I'm not going to feel like surgeon. <laughs> I'm not going to feel like surgeon. If, uh, I'm channeling Tom Robinson. Uh, you really I've done, are. Uh, I've done doing some surgery. Um, yeah, I mean. Tom it's, Robinson it's, is a surgeon. That might be yeah, the scariest be a, thing ever. Merry, Merry Christmas to uh, I, I just don't, you know, I, I, I've sort of, I've always kind of wondered, and I've played, I played, I never played at the pro level, but I played hockey at the junior level. I was never tired. Like inside of the game, yes, but I was never so tired that two days later I couldn't play hockey again. I find it very hard to believe that professional athletes that are in the shape that those guys are in, they've got uh, fitness people they've got nutritionists they've got dietitians they've they got everything you can't play two nights in a row really you're only out there for 40 some minutes if you play the whole game i mean can you imagine nate if you only had to do your job for 48 minutes (laughs) well my job is not physically demanding let's say but but, but regardless of what your job is Okay, well, mine was, but I can't imagine. Tim, you're, I mean, you're, I worked in construction. Tim, come in and build us a house, but you only got to do it for 48 minutes of the day. And we understand wholeheartedly if you don't want to come to work tomorrow because you're a little bit bushy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, I don't understand, especially when now and then when we throw in on top of that that they're getting paid. I mean, I don't know what LeBron's getting paid, but, you know, what, $30 million plus? 20, 20 million plus for sure, regardless of how, how much higher. And you can't even play two nights in a row? I, I don't get that. I, I never did and I never will. But that being mm-hmm. said, load, load management. Why don't you, uh, why don't you go to the uh, Wide Men Can't Jump page and, uh, on Facebook and tell us about load management, Nick? <laughs> how, some of our, how, how some of our fans feel about load management. Well, uh, we'll read these. Uh, if I can, let me find them real quick. Here we go. Uh, I posted the article. It says LeBron James says I don't many don't know how many games I got left in my career. I don't know how many kids that may show up to a game that are there to see to come see me play. And if I sit out, then what? If I'm healthy, I'm gonna play. And then some people said he said a few weeks ago that AAU should have load management. I actually agree that AAU should have load management. Um, Basically, because AAU ball is 
I don't mind AAU ball, but it gets kind of extreme, and I think they should have some sort of load management. Uh, one guy said, I get what he means. A lot of these kids nowadays who are preparing for the NBA at a young age are playing multiple games a day. Imagine starting from 13 all the way to college, how it is on your knees and your joints. LeBron is obviously a freak of nature. And one guy said, people get older and change their minds. And someone responded, two weeks wiser. <laughs> and I won't name yeah. names, but, well, yeah, it was kind of funny. They, you know what? They ain't wrong. Um I I agree. If you're under 18, it's high school ball and all that stuff. One game a day is plenty. Unless yeah, I like agree. A, unless it's a tournament or something, and then I guess you know that's really maybe a week, maybe two games on a Saturday. I could say. Yeah, but but uh, more than that is, is there's no reason for it. Uh, it's not necessary. Um, yeah, I I see well, both sides. Of, I see both sides of it. I don't know what the what the right answer is there. I guess each to their own, I suppose. Suppose you're right, but Tim, we only got a little bit left here. Let's go ahead and get to our Christmas Day predictions now. Again, next week, the newest episode of Wide Men Can't Jump will be out later in the week. It'll either be Thursday or Friday. I'll let you know for sure uh, what day on Twitter. Uh, I'm assuming it'll be Thursday, but... I could, we'll, I could be hungover like a... Like a well, it's Boxing Day in Canada, and I may have my son, so we'll see. Well, I'll, it'll either be Thursday or Friday. We will have a show out next week, post-Christmas. So we're going to do our Christmas predictions. on. Keep Just keep an eye out on Twitter, and we'll let you know. Uh, you so let's go ahead and start. High noon, Christmas Day. The Boston Celtics are taking on... The Toronto Raptors. Tim, who do you like in this game? It's in Toronto. Uh, high noon. I like Clint Eastwood at high noon. Oh, dear God, you old man. Um, well, you asked. Um, I'm going to say with the injury to Gasol, if that, I don't know if that's a long-lasting one or not. Not sure. I'm still uh, – eh, I'm going to take the Celtics. Okay. I'm going to go with the Raptors at home. I like the Raptors at home. Well, um, I like the Raptors, but I, I just, I, I don't know. They, they don't, uh, Boston plays pretty good against them. The last game was in Boston. It was 106 to 112. Boston got the win. Um, I'm still going to go with Toronto. I think Toronto wins that one. All right. Second game, 230 that day. The Milwaukee Bucks in Philadelphia. Philadelphia just lost. Their first home game this year. The last game these two teams played was April fourth, twenty nineteen. Milwaukee won one twenty eight to one twenty two. But of course, the last season. Tim, who do you like? Bucks, Sixers in Philly. Bucks. I, and I, I, don't, I got it. Bucks, and I don't. And I don't need her. Well, Giannis Antetokounmpo didn't put open Upanupano greater than Joel Embiid, and that's all I need to say. I can't argue with the uh, with the Bucks there. I'll take them. With, I'll take them as well. Five o'clock, uh, maybe the easiest game to take on this day: the Houston Rockets against the Golden State Warriors at Golden State. Um, obviously, this game was booked before the major injuries and everything went down. So, what do you think, Tim? James Who are you Harden going has, with? James Harden has three hundred and twelve points, and the Rockets win. Yeah, I got I got to go Rockets as well. It's yeah, kind of a. No, uh, I mean, unless Harden doesn't show up for some reason, 
I think it, even if Harden doesn't show up, I think even even yeah, even then, I mean, Golden State, they're not good. <laughs> yeah. All right, eight o'clock Eastern that day, the Clippers and the Lakers in Los Angeles, obviously. Uh, the last matchup between the two, the Clippers won one twelve to one o two. Lakers have been on a tear though. Um, the last game, by the way, previously for the Rockets and the Warriors, uh, Houston won one twenty nine to one twelve. So uh, Clippers Lakers, this is a this was a tough pick. Who do you like? Um, as much as it pains me, I will take the Lakers. It's one of those games where I don't know who's going to be playing and who's not. The Clippers beat the Lakers uh, to start the season. The Clippers are twenty-one and eight right now. The Lakers are twenty-four and four. I, I still think the Clippers have the edge just because of that defense. I've got to take the Clippers to win this one. You can have them. I mean, for me, the Clippers are good uh, and might even be better than the Lakers if we're talking about seven it's games. It's the defense, man. The defense is what does it but, for me. I think the Clippers are are that good on defense. I don't know. Uh, I just, uh, my to be honest, my logic on this one is if I take the Lakers, the Clippers will win. So this is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> well, final game of the evening, the Pelicans and the Nuggets will finally, Zion Williamson will be in the lineup this game. The previous game, so, the Pelicans so actually who? beat the Nuggets in the you, previous game, 122-107. Where did you see that at? I'm calling. He's supposed I'm to be calling. back shortly. Uh, no, I just read, let me, let me bring it up. I just read that he, um, uh, is not been given any timetable at this point. Hold on. I will, I will find it. Well, I assumed he would be back for Christmas. Maybe he won't be. Um, Zion fully weight bearing as doing weight bearing exercises, but team executives are not ready to set a return date. So no, no, no maybe Zion will not be back. So I, I'm going to go with probably chances are he won't be playing, but it won't matter anyway. Well, the Pelicans did beat the Nuggets 122-107 in their first meeting this season. So yeah, don't don't care. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm taking the Nuggets as well. Sorry. I think the Nuggets a, win this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I got to take Denver. Sorry. Yeah. So that's your uh, that's the games that we're seeing on Christmas, and we'll have plenty to talk about. When the next episode airs, it should be within another week or so. And then um, probably the following week, I know, what is it? Is it New Year's Day? There is a uh, New Year's Day is on a Wednesday as well. Gonna so there's going to be a lot of football that day. Yeah, so we'll probably wait until Thursday of that week as well. So a couple weeks here, but then we'll get back to our regularly, regularly scheduled programming. There won't be any of this omnibus bullshit. No, we'll still we'll still have you a uh, a new episode. It just might be a day later than usual. So prepare for That's it. Right. Be ready. Uh, should be Thursday or Friday. I'll let you know for sure on Twitter. But uh, yeah, that's been our episode this week. A lot to get into. A lot to talk about. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. Tim, did you enjoy it? Oh, I could cut diamonds over here, Nate. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Remember to follow us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Check us out on WideMenCan'tJump.com. And check out our Patreon page. We will have some more Patreon interviews coming uh, shortly. I'm working on a few right now, so we hope to have a few. Thanks to our sponsors, Law Offices of Stephen P. New, 
stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meets. Uh, thanks again for everybody tuning in. Hope you like the program. Enjoy it. Special thanks to Justin Thomas for stopping by, talking Hornets. And uh, anything else, Tim, before we get out of here? I'm spent, Nate. All right. Well, in that note, um, I'm kind of hungry, so I'm going to go downstairs and make a sandwich. I guess you could say I have a... Uh, Maybe one day we'll uh, fill everyone in on that joke. but uh, that, won't, uh, that wouldn't be a tuna sandwich, would it, man? No, definitely not. I hate tuna. But <laughs> anyway. Oh. Well, that's a good place to end. Don't yeah, you think good day, everyone. Have a good one. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com. Slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meats, where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.